Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. It's me, JD. Thank you for being here and Happy New Year. I'm recording this on the 10th of January, so uh, we're only 10 days into the new year. And uh, I don't know exactly when this is going to be scheduled to be released, but I'm grateful that you're here. I'm going to share some personal information with you today. So this this podcast today is going to take a break from the norm. Uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit about what's been going on in my life over the last I don't know, 90 to 120 days since I guess really the beginning of October last year. Um, if you are a subscriber to my newsletter, you've seen a little bit of this information. I've slowly been sharing this over the last couple of weeks and I've been getting a, a huge outpouring of support, emails, text messages, phone calls, people reaching out and saying, Hey, how are things going? What can I do to support you? Is there anything you need? And I appreciate that more than you could uh, you could absolutely ever imagine, because the the last ninety days have been the worst ninety days of my entire life. Um, you know, I, I put that against the fact that I've lived a pretty charmed life. You know, I grew up in a home with loving parents, good family. My parents are still married after fifty one years of marriage. I'm married to my best friend in the world. She and I have been married twenty eight years. We have two beautiful and healthy, wonderful adult children. Um, and, you know, we, we have everything we need, right? I mean, we're, we're never looking for food. We're never looking for transportation or housing. We have everything that we need. So I've never experienced loss um, like I have now. I'll explain that later, but I've never experienced loss. No one close to me died in an unexpected way. Of course, I've had grandparents pass away, but that is to be expected as, as people grow older. But my parents are still alive. My, my brother's still alive. You know, my my wife's dad passed away a little early, you know, and, and that was very sad. But in terms of just total loss in my life, I haven't experienced that. I've, I hear a lot of influencers and podcasters and people on stage and in books talk about overcoming significant challenges. Maybe it was poverty or, or an abusive parent or or abuse or sexual abuse or drug addiction or, or, or whatever it might've been. And I just didn't, I haven't had that experience <laughs> until now. And uh, the last 90 days of 2023 were, uh, like I said, by far the worst and most hellish 90 days of my life. And why, why, why did that happen over the course of the next few um, weeks? I'm going to be uh, revealing little more details about what happened. Uh, today's podcast is not necessarily about the details of what happened, but more about what I've learned. And, um, you know, just I, I, I'll, I'll kind of say it this way. The, the last 90 days 
for me have, um, I've got some notes on the screen I'm going to be referring to just so that I don't leave anything out. But the last 90 days of 2023 was a business challenge that I never saw coming that led to an outcome that I could have never anticipated. And I'm still reeling from it. I feel like I've been in the eye of a category five um, <laughs> crap storm. I'll just say it like that, clean it up a little bit, but a category five crap storm for the last 90 days. And I don't, um, I don't want it to, I don't want this podcast to come off sounding like it's, it, it was not anything that I had to do with, or it wasn't my fault. Although there is plenty of blame to pass around and I could share in a personal conversation exactly why it happened. I do accept the responsibility for my poor part of that. But for the most part, um, this was this did not happen because of things that I did or didn't do necessarily. And that probably that's probably what makes it even more painful is that I'm having to um, deal with the fallout of something that I didn't necessarily cause or create. And that fallout is affecting nearly every aspect of my life. My, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my friends, my health, my faith, my emotional state, everything has been affected by this. Now I'm here to say, just to kind of keep it, keep this on the positive note, is that my relationship with my wife and my kids and my friends is all still healthy and good. I'm so blessed that I have such a supportive wife. Um, I'm blessed that I have supportive friends who've reached out to me and expressed concern and and have supported me with prayer and, and uh, with counsel, wise counsel that I needed. And, and it's times like these that I realize what King Solomon said in the book of Proverbs about there is wisdom and many counselors because I've needed them over these last 90 days. I had a good friend of mine reach out to me on New Year's Day and uh, he I, I, I guess I had only I've only posted any I've only posted on Instagram uh, once in the last 90 days. Now, if you follow me on Instagram at the real Jason Duncan, which you should go do. You'll see lots of posts, daily posts, in fact, in fact, of me interviewing other people on my podcast and my team handles that. I have not been posting those, but they're just interviews of me, just clips of interviews of me interviewing people on my podcast. Um, but in terms of posting personal information or me out hanging out with friends or just a post of me walking in the morning or exercising, I haven't done any of that because frankly, I haven't had the energy to do it, nor have I had the attention to pay attention to that. Um, but on New Year's Day, I posted I posted um, a little bit more of a personal. It wasn't even a picture. It was just, hey, last night has been tough. I'm really excited that new, the new year's here. I'm looking forward to a new year. And I had a friend reach out to me who possibly listens to this podcast. So if it's you, you'll know who you are. But he we got together that day and, and uh, we went for a drive. And he said, hey, so so what what's going on? And I shared with him what was what's been happening. He was shocked. Couldn't believe it. And um, he said that. He said, well, what have you learned? And fair question, but I was still so much in the middle of the trauma, reeling from the trauma that I hadn't really contemplated what I had learned. And um, but this week, this week, I actually sat down, this being the first full work week of 2024, I sat down and started to write out what are the lessons that I've learned? What have I learned? in my time in hell. 
um, because the last 90 days have been hell. And uh, they were, it was an, I was an unwilling participant in it, but I had to participate because there was no other way around it. And so I've come up with 10 lessons that I've learned and I'm going to, I'll share with you briefly all, all 10. I'm not going to go into depth into all of them. I am going to go into depth on one today, which is actually going to be the content of my newsletter, Success and Balance Weekly. That's going to come out next Wednesday on the 17th of January. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, I would uh, recommend you go do that. So go to the real and just scroll to the footer and there's a little button there that says newsletter and you just put in your name and e your email and you get the newsletter and I send out one newsletter per week. And then uh, you know, I probably send out four or five emails a week on a regular basis, mostly just here's recaps of podcasts. Here's some resources you might need, but one, one a week, every Wednesday, I send out a newsletter of content that I write personally. And um, so the uh, the newsletters over the next several weeks are going to be about the lessons that I've learned. So here are the 10 lessons I've learned through my time in hell and the the terrible ordeal that I've had. And I'm still going through it. I, I, I kind of feel like that the category five uh, feces storm, I'm in the eye of it because everything seems to have kind of died down for a little bit at, at this moment in time. But I suspect that it's going to continue to blow up over the next four to five months. I, I don't this is not over. It's going to continue. Um, but I but I want to share with you these lessons. So here are the lessons that I've learned. Number one, I've learned trust, but verify trust, but verify. You know, um, probably one of the fundamental lessons that I've learned is the importance of trust with the dash of caution. Trusting people is crucial, of course, but it's equally important to verify that trust and blind faith can lead to unexpected challenges. And it's a balance that I'm determined to strike moving forward. And I'm going to dive into that deeper, maybe on a future podcast. It was actually the subject of the newsletter that came out today. The second lesson I've learned is temper your ambitions. And I'm going to talk more about this in this show today, but I'm going to go through the rest of the top 10 lessons that I've learned first, just real briefly. And then I'm going to come back to that one, temper your ambitions. Lesson number three that I've learned is recognize the poison of self-consciousness. You know, caring too much about what others think can be a silent poison um, that affects our happiness. It affects our choices. And I've realized the importance of staying true to myself and focusing on the opinions only of those who truly matter to me, like family and close friends. And of course, God, you know, he's my main audience. That I'm going to please one of my life goals is to have lived a life that uh, pleased Jesus and my wife. Like those are my, my two main audiences that I want to please. Lesson four is understand the truth about debt and leverage. My perspective on debt and leverage has evolved significantly throughout this process because let's face it, anytime you have business troubles, you probably have financial troubles and that's exactly what's happened to me. Um, now my perspective isn't about never borrowing money, but it's rather, rather I want to, I want to look at using it more wisely than I have in the past. And there's this sweet spot between avoiding debt and uh, avoiding debt entirely and, and recklessly over leveraging. And finding balance, I think, is the key. So lesson number five is appreciate the importance of leverage in business relationships. You know, I've learned through this ordeal and others 
um, like it, although nothing has been even close to this. But I've learned that having leverage in business relationships is vital. And uh, allowing others to hold on to too much power can lead to undesirable outcomes. It's crucial uh, to remain in a balanced, dynamic relationship to ensure mutual success between you and the people you're in business relationships with. And there's so, so much about that that I've learned. Number six, I've learned to discover the power in exercising your true purpose. And what I've learned here is that exercising your true purpose doesn't always mean that you're going to make a massive impact on the world. It can be just about making a positive difference in your corner of the world, whether it's through your work or your daily actions. It's really boils down to, to quality over quantity. Lesson seven that I've learned is harness the power of mindset. You know, I've done a deep, deep study into mindset over the last year and a half. And I think that this situation is my final exam and mindset matters. And over this past year, diving into mindset and, and, and how it impacts our lives, I've realized how important it is. It's incredible how our thoughts can shape our reality. And developing a resilient and positive mindset is a game changer. And it's even though I've had some very, very depressing days and some moments of absolute anguish, it's harnessing the power of my mindset has really been the one thing. Uh, well, not the one thing, but one of the top things has helped me make it through this. Lesson number eight is uncover the secret about loyalty and betrayal. You know, loyalty, I've learned, isn't always what it seems. And people that you think are loyal may not stand by you in times that are challenging or struggle. And it's essential, I've learned, to test that loyalty and to understand who truly has your back when the going gets tough. Lesson number nine is value the importance of financial reporting. You know, in the world of business, which this whole problem was, is business focused, uh, I believe that financial reporting and financial numbers is key. And keeping a close eye on those numbers can help you make a difference and make an informed decisions and avoid potential pitfalls. And it's a lesson that I've learned the hard way. And then the 10th lesson is overcome the thief called worry. You know, worry is a thief. It's a thief of joy and productivity. It accomplishes nothing, but it steals your peace of mind. I've come to understand that worrying doesn't change the outcome. It only robs you of your present moments. So those are the top 10 lessons that I've learned. And I, and I, and I want to dive into lesson number two today. And I, I don't know why I'm necessarily choosing lesson number two, except for the fact that I just finished writing the newsletter on this topic, which is going to come out next week in Success and Balance Weekly. But temper your ambitions. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales 
process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dove. There's a special offer for Dove for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dove, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dove does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast. But they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. You know, there was a, I read a book in, uh, I think it was October of last year, which was right in the beginning of the storm. And it's called 10 Rules for Better Living. And it was written by Manly P. Hall. You can, you can listen to the book for free on YouTube. I would highly recommend that you do that. And it's a short book. It's not very long. And, uh, there isn't anything in that book that was startling or world shaking or groundbreaking, but this one rule that he had, it didn't set well with me at first. And, and his rule was temper your ambitions, temper your ambitions. And what I, it, it didn't really set well with me because after all, in our, in our world of, 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 of entrepreneurship, significantly in entrepreneurship, we look at people without ambition with suspicion. We look at them as not fully being committed to, um, to, to entrepreneurship. If you don't have ambition, you're not committed. And I, I, um, I've learned that Tempering your ambitions really is, is, is a vital, is a vital key to success. Um, you know, this is, it's difficult to talk about. It really is. And I, I'm being more transparent and, and I guess open in this, this podcast than I ever have in the past. But I, I you know, when you go through trials, like I've gone through here, you question everything. Uh, the regret machine starts running over time. It never turns off. Uh, it keeps you awake at night. It makes you have conversations that continue to pull you into negativity. And most of that is not healthy at all. I, I think the only healthy part of that is it made me realize that maybe it was my ambitions that led me to this space. You know, if we believe, and I truly do, if we believe that we are what we think about most often, then what I'm dealing with right now is a result of my thoughts. It's a result of what I've been thinking about for the last 10 to 13 years. 
Am I too ambitious? Is that what caused this? I don't know. I'm not sure that the answer to that is as easy as a yes or no. But here's what I have learned is that had I not been ambitious in the way that I was, and I'm not saying don't be ambitious, please don't hear me say that. But I had not, I'd been, had I not been in as ambitious as I was in the way that I was, I know for darn well, I would not be in the position I'm in today. Now, is that my fault? Is that a problem? Is that something I shouldn't have done? I, I don't know. Those questions, again, are not as easy as a yes or no. But when I look at temp, tempering your ambitions, I really want to understand what does that even mean? What does it mean to temper your ambitions? What does it mean to to still have them, but temper them? What does it mean to to balance out ambitions? And I want to look something up here on my computer because I want to to make sure I'm, 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 I'm doing this. I'm saying this right because I, I don't want to, I don't want to get the words wrong where you hear me, hear me wrong. Um, it's, I, I, I want to be very clear. It, I'm not saying in everything I'm talking about that ambition is not what you should have because I believe ambitions are good, but I think tempering them is better. And it, I've learned this in the aftermath, although I don't know if it, I'm totally over the storm, but I've had this profound clarity about this. And I confess that my ambitions have led me into a life of complexity that I do not enjoy. And my pursuit of large-scale influence and material success nearly cost me what truly matters in my life. And this period that I've gone through wasn't just a business challenge. It was a a life altering experience that has forced me to reassess everything. And you know me, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that the message about anti-hustle culture is nothing new for me. The hustle culture that's so prevalent in today's society promotes a narrative of nonstop work where success is, uh, is, is measured in followers, dollars, and in public admiration. And I have discovered that that narrative is deeply flawed. In Plato's Republic, which is a huge thing to read and to absorb, um, he records that in a conversation that Socrates was having with other people of the time, other wise men of the time, they were all looking for the definition of justice. What does justice mean? And many proposed their definitions. And he said, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. And Socrates defined justice as this, minding your own business. And sometimes, more often than not, actually, entrepreneurs don't mind their own business. And I'm not talking about being nosy, because I know when we say mind your own business, we're actually saying don't be nosy. That's not what what Socrates was meaning. It wasn't about being nosy. It wasn't about being inquisitive. It was about if you're a shoemaker, make shoes. If you're a teacher, teach. If you're a a political, uh, if you're a political person, be be in politics. If you're if you're a uh, carpenter, be a carpenter. If you're whatever you are, mind that business. And if everyone minded their business. How much better would the world be? And that stands 
in stark contrast, the simplicity of that, that understanding what justice really is stands in stark contrast to the relentless pursuit of external achievements. My wife and I, over this last few months, have reminisced many times about the simpler life when I was a school teacher and she worked for a financial advisor. And it's a life that we now view with a sense of longing, which is an irony not lost on me. It's a, the extravagances and the fame that I have chased seem trivial compared to the peace and the contentment of those days. Now, I look at that and I say, well, I, we didn't have much money. Well, maybe we didn't, but we had enough. And, and I've had a lot more money than that, but I've always had at least enough. And these last few months have been a stark reminder that ambition, while a powerful motivator, needs to be tempered with the, the reality of what truly brings happiness and fulfillment in life. And the societal push, even amongst podcasters and authors like me, the societal push for constant ambition and, and material accumulation stands opposed to the lessons of minimalism and simplicity. And I'm not necessarily advocating for minimalism. I think that also goes too far. But simplicity? Yeah, I think that's something I've lost sight of. And these philosophies of minimalism and simplicity advocate for less, less clutter, less noise, and more space for what truly and genuinely matters in life. And in the relentless pursuit of more, we often lose sight of the richness of a life well-lived. You know, this show is called The Root of All Success, and I've interviewed over 200 entrepreneurs on this show over the years and asked them their definition of success and how I define success, like many of those, has been kind of rooted in achievement and recognition. But the experiences of the last 90 days have reshaped this view, and I've learned that success isn't about your bank account or the accolades that you receive. It's about feeling safe. It's about being contented. It's about being fulfilled. It's about quality time with family and friends, a positive work environment, the impact that you wake that you make rather in the corner of your world. And as entrepreneurs, and I know you are one because that's why you're listening to the show, we all often fall into the trap of believing that our worth is tied to our work. And, and to make meaningful impact, we got to reach millions of people. And I know that that's what I want. I, we all get tied up in, the, in those vanity metrics, like how many followers do you have on Instagram? I used to publicly state I wanted a million followers on Instagram because in the, my mind, it's like, oh, I can make a bigger impact that way. And, and I'd love to have a million monthly downloads of this podcast, but I'm nowhere near that. But that's what I was striving for. And that belief has led many of us, myself included, down a path of relentless striving, often at the expense of health, relationships, and peace of mind. But, but the question then is, what if we redefine success? What if instead of, of, societal, of chasing a societal ideal of success, what if instead we focus on a life filled with simple joys, meaningful relationships, and work that truly aligns with your values? And that really is the essence of tempering your ambitions. It's about finding balance that allows, that allows us to live and thrive both professionally and personally. It's hashtag success and balance. I think that's, that's the hashtag of 2024 for me, success and balance. Feel free to use it. Just make sure you tag me in. <laughs> 
So let me let me tell a parable. Uh, it's a parable that has been around for many years, and you may have heard it, but I want to tell it to you again. A businessman was on vacation in a small coastal Mexican village when he came across a fisherman who had just caught some some high quality fish. And impressed, the businessman asked the fisherman how long it took to catch them. And the fisherman replied, well, it didn't take long. And the businessman then asked, why didn't you stay out longer to catch more fish? And the fisherman replied that, well, I have enough to support my family's immediate needs. And the businessman then asked the question, like many of us would, well, what do you do with the rest of your time? Well, the fisherman then explained that he sleeps late. He fishes a little. He plays with his kids. He takes siestas with his wife and he strolls into the village each evening to sip wine and play guitar with his friends. He had a full and busy life. Well, the businessman, he scoffed and he said, look, here's a, here's a business plan for you. man. I, I have an MBA from Harvard and I could help you vastly expand your business. So if you spend more time fishing, you can buy a bigger boat. And with the increased profits, you can eventually buy a fleet of boats. And instead of selling to the middleman like you're doing now, you could sell directly to the processor and eventually you could open your own cannery and you would control the product. You control the processing, you control the distribution. And he went on to say, of course, you'd need to you know, you know, leave this small coastal fishing village. You move to Mexico City and then to L.A. and eventually to New York, where you will run your expanding enterprise. And the fisherman asked, well, how long will that take? And the businessman replied, 15 to 20 years. But after that, that's when it really gets interesting. When the business gets really big, you can start selling stocks and you can make millions. The fisherman said, millions? Really? What about after that? And the businessman said, well, after that, you'll be able to, to retire. You can live in a small coastal fishing village, sleep late, play with your kids, catch a little fish, take a siesta with your wife, stroll into the village in the evenings where you could sip wine and play guitar with your friends. And the fisherman just smiled at him and he thanked the businessman for his advice. And he said, I already have all that I need. You know, the moral of the story is about understanding what truly makes one happy and the irony of chasing what you already have. The fisherman in this story had learned to temper his ambitions against what truly mattered in life. And it's a reflection on the nature of happiness and contentment versus the perpetual pursuit of modern society, the perpetual pursuit of more. And it's a reflection of the nature of happiness and contentment versus the perpetual pursuit of things that we think we want. But if we took a closer look, we realize that we already have. Now, I don't want you to think that this means that I'm taking a step back from entrepreneurship or business coaching or authoring or, or podcasting or speaking on stages. No, no, no. Despite the profound lessons that I've learned about tempering my ambitions, my commitment to entrepreneurship is unwavering. I firmly believe that entrepreneurs are the ones that change the world. I believe it's a path to financial success and a journey towards realizing your true potential and, and living the life that you truly desire. It's about creating value. It's about making a positive impact in the world and achieving personal freedom, but not at the expense of what truly matters. I was talking with a friend on the phone this morning and we were both commiserating over this, this very topic. And what we came to the conclusion was, is that really all of this boils down. It's more about simplicity, not complexity. It's not about being an entrepreneur versus being an employee. That's what, that's not the binary choice that we're making right now. The choice is, is the choice is 
Are we choosing simplicity or are we choosing complexity? Why complicate things in pursuit of making a huge impact in the world? Why instead, why not instead strive for simplicity in your venture, whatever it is? Why not strive to impact the people and the places in your corner of the world rather than trying to affect millions of people? Why do we need to affect tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people if it costs us what truly matters in life? Is the stress worth it? I don't think so. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that we as entrepreneurs have the ability to change the world one innovation at a time. And, and this, this entrepreneurial spirit drives progress, fosters creativity, opens doors to new possibilities. And it's a force when harnessed with intention and balance, it can lead to extraordinary achievements without sacrificing what we hold dear. And through what I teach with Exit Without Exiting, I'm always championing the idea that you can enjoy the fruits of your entrepreneurial success while leading a fulfilling and balanced life. The strategy isn't about stepping away from ambition. It's about embracing it wisely. It's about building efficient systems, empowering teams and creating a business that thrives, even as you reclaim the time and energy for life's other passions. And these recent trials that I've had in my business over these last 90 days have caused Anger, frustration, sleeplessness, um, stress, pain, sadness. But, it, but they haven't deterred my belief and my path. I would say they've reinforced it to a certain degree. But I think now I want to focus on simplicity rather than complexity, even if it means earning less money. And it's a poignant reminder that we can be successful and balanced at the same time. I don't have to chase millions. I don't have to chase all these things that I want in life at the expense of what I already have that I wanted years ago. You see, I heard somebody say one time that the life that you now have is the life that you cried out and prayed for years ago. So why do you want more? I think this whole situation is a testament to the fact that we can be ambitious as entrepreneurs and yet still live a simple, contented life that we yearn for. And the essence of true entrepreneurial success is balance. And as I'm navigating this new understanding, these lessons that I've learned, I'm going to invite you to embrace this life of simplicity, of purpose and of joy. And if you, like I am, are feeling the weight of untempered ambition and you're looking for a path forward, I want you to know that I'm here to help. And I want to talk to you about how you can find balance and fulfillment in your life in both your personal life and your professional life. And I want to offer you a free call with me. If you want to talk about it, it's a breakthrough call. You, all you got to do is go to the real slash breakthrough. And we can explore together how you can temper your ambitions for a more fulfilling life. So these are, some reflections on lessons that I've learned, and I hope this is helpful for you. If you have any questions about this or anything else, just reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at the real Jason Duncan. You can uh, reach me through my website, but more than that, if you want to talk about your ambitions and how you can get your business restructured so that you don't waste the most precious years of your life, chasing something that you already have, I want to help you do that. That's what I do as a business coach. That's what I do with my mastermind, the Exeter Club. 
It's about exiting this rat race, exiting this, this perpetual desire for more and really embracing what you have and building something significant, significant of value so that you can cash in on what really matters in life. And if I can help you do that, I'd be honored to do that. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash breakthrough. Please tune in again next week on the podcast. Uh, we'll get back to interviewing some other folks about their stories of success and challenges and failures and whether or not their ambitions are misplaced. So as always, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.